0: Well, guess what? You know it's Wednesday, and you're back with your girl, Marquita Vian. And today I have on another wonderful guest, as always. And his name is Terrell Daniels. Am I correct?
1: That's it.
0: Okay, so I'm going to let him introduce himself. So, because he can tell you more about himself than I can, and he can tell you in a better way. So I'm going to let him take it over right fast and hand it back over when you're done. Terrell,
1: let's All go. Right. Say word good morning again. Uh, Hello, everyone. Uh, My name is Taro Daniels, as um, she explained. Uh, So I am uh, a veteran. Um, I got out of the military uh, like in the early 2000s, and I've just kind of been trying to figure it out ever since then. Um, I recognized that when I was in the military that, uh, you know, I was getting a lot of good life skills, but I recognized that the military wasn't necessarily going to be the place for me for the long haul. Um, I recognized it was a place for me to capture some upward mobility and get out of my poverty stricken situation uh, that I was born into. Uh, so I, I joined the military and uh, I got out of the military uh, after about six years. Uh, and I've been out here in um, the world just kind of trying to figure it out. Uh, after the military, um, I went overseas as a government contractor uh, working for the, for the United States government. Um, in, a, in a kind of a corporate fashion, um, but you know, you're, you're still kind of over there. And uh, so after that, I thrust myself into corporate America. I ended up working in DC uh, for a little while, a uh, few ups and downs throughout that, that time frame, um, you know, real life kind of gets in the way, uh, created a family in the interim. Um, I had a wife uh, and a family and all that, but uh, I ended up losing that because of the grind. And uh so I recently just stepped out of corporate America um a few months ago. And uh, that kind of brings me to to where I am right now. Um I met you at a a millionaire mindset meetup and uh we started to forge a relationship and here we here we are.
0: Yes, yes. See, that's what I'm saying. Like, he can give a better introduction than me about himself and his life and, you know, his experiences. And so, you know, it was a great, you know, meeting you at that meetup. And, you know, so that's what brings us here today and just connecting and, you know, on business-minded levels because I tell you, this brother here, is shining he is doing his thing so we're gonna get into you know his military background which is awesome thank you for your service and so the thing is i gotta tell y'all this i spoke with Terrell about what a week ago and he he was on the podcast y'all so this is what y'all don't know he's been on the podcast how I was your first
1: was... guest i was your first guest
0: yes he <laughs> what was like the first like when i was just getting started guess what though i um, technical difficulties me just started, you know like getting it in the mud out the mud didn't know what was going on and trying to figure out the wrongs and the rights of it and that episode did not ever debut put it that way so his gracious kind self you know, it's blessing us today with his um presence. And it's just a pleasure to host him once again on the Pinkley Podcast for him to really give you all the gems that he gave me on that podcast. And as I was stating a week ago, we was like talking for about an hour about all the things he's known and his successes. I'm like, man, we should have turned the camera
1: <laughs> Right. Every time every it seems like every time I talk to you, it's like an hour and a half long conversation at a minimum.
0: Exactly. So I'm like. Look, we done talked all this time. We ain't recording nothing. We got to do this again. So he instantly booked. And so that's what bring us here today. I don't have any notes. We just going to talk like we talked on that conversation and just go in there. So Ty how um, just, you know, fill us in more. He's doing the, um, wait, wait, he's got some great things going. So I'm going to stick with one right now. So with the Airbnb, which was something that I was just fascinated about, y'all. And we're going to drop that link below. Believe that. It's in Atlanta. And if you coming out here to Atlanta, it's the place you want to stay because, I mean, it is phenomenal. His Give give them more about that. Tell them more about how that thing is set up and this and that. Just tell them more. All
1: right. Cool. All right. So, actually, at the, uh, the meeting uh, where I met you, I was introduced to uh, my Airbnb mentor, uh, Mr. the Goat. Um, he took me up under his wing, um, started giving me some game on how to get into the Airbnb space. Uh, so I bought his course. Uh, I paid for the the, the higher tier mentorship. Uh, so, uh, you know, he and I have been working pretty closely over the last couple of months to kind of um, to kind of get my, my unit up and running. Um, so he told me that uh, the, the way that you need to go with Airbnb, um, is, is a thing, a theme unit, right? So I had to figure out what I was going to do for a thing, because I guess the traditional way of doing Airbnb is, you know, you put some nice furniture in there and you just kind of let people stay in your space, uh, you know, a bed in each room, uh, nice furniture, and then, you know, that's, that's it, right? But his model is, you know, not very different, but it's, it's a little bit different, but it makes a, a big difference uh, as far as your bottom line at the end of the month. So, uh, what he taught me to do is to put as many beds as I can in the space, right? So, uh, I'm maximizing my space uh, with the, mo- uh, the, the, the most beds that I could possibly fit into the rooms where it would be comfortable and not an eyesore. And I also have uh, rollaway beds uh, in the closets. Uh, so that in the event that they want to book with more people, um, I have a total. It's, it's a two bedroom uh, unit. And uh, in that two bedroom, I have five literal beds set up. I have one uh, queen bed set up in the, in the master suite. And then I have three twin beds set up in the, in the guest bedroom. So I, I legitimately turned a, uh, a a two bedroom apartment into a place, a place, a place that can sleep seven. So I have those two beds. Uh, I mean, the three beds in the guest bedroom, the one bedroom in the master. And then I have two rollaway beds in in the, in the closet. So one downstairs and one upstairs. So total in my unit, I can sleep seven people. Right. And because I can sleep seven people, I can actually charge a lot more than a regular Airbnb listing is going to charge. Uh, so, uh, around at, um, my unit, which is uh, in Atlantic station, Atlanta, Georgia, uh, you know, the average rate for Airbnb on a nightly stay is somewhere around $100, $100 maybe a little bit less than that uh, for night and on the weekend. It's, you know, close to or comparable to maybe like $200 or so. But I'm paying, uh, I mean, I'm charging uh, significantly more than that because more people can actually book my space. So when somebody goes on Airbnb and they're looking for uh, a place to, to rent, Right. If they're traveling in a group like Atlanta is a destination city. Right. We don't have the the theme parks that, you know, uh, Florida has or Cali or anything like that. We don't have the beaches. But for whatever reason, Atlanta is a destination location and people come here. But something that's really interesting about uh, the data that I've been uh, viewing on Airbnb about my unit is that most of the people that actually book my unit live like within 300 miles of Atlanta, Georgia. So it's not even a lot of people that are coming from way out of town most of the people are from in-state and uh over 90 percent of the people are like within a 300 300 mile radius according to airbnb's uh, data
0: wow wow okay so i like how you know you said that it's pick a theme if you're going to get into airbnb to differentiate yourself from just someone who's placing something on airbnb you all decided to go with a themed Airbnb, which is the Outcast theme, which you know resonates with Atlanta, you know. And I just right. love the concept behind it. And so with that, you know, you're able to pick up more bookings because you, you know, set yourself apart and differently. So with that being said, um, do you recommend that for a newcomer as well, or just ease your way into doing things? Is that the main focus? Is to make sure that you theme it out for someone who's trying. God in an
1: Airbnb so based on the reviewer uh feedback from my Airbnb guests uh they really enjoy the themed experience so you know just coming to Atlanta is kind of a a, a thing for people in itself you know we live here so it's, it's different but when people come here you know people have certain expectations right so I wanted to uh, center my theme around like the culture the, the culture here in Atlanta and we all know that, you know, Atlanta is, you know, pretty much Wakanda. Right. And so uh, I wanted I wanted to center my theme around something that will resonate with something that uh, was near and dear to me, which is uh, which is Outcast. It's, it's the group Outcast. I've been listening to them since I was a teenager. And, uh, you know, even still today, I'll be heavy on my playlist Um so I, I just decided to go with that. But I think that the, the theme is, is really important based on the reviews that I've been getting from my customers, because they always talk about the experience right? And, and, and the decor and the artwork. Like that's that's really what it's all about. And it's like the better your artwork is, the better your theme is, the more details that you put into your unit, the more people are willing to pay. They feel justified in, in paying what you're going to charge them
0: right right and just to say that you know the justifying the price not only are they able to sleep up to seven in this is it the two-bedroom unit but mm-hmm. also getting the experience of the culture here in atlanta which you know makes it like okay that's worth this tonight
1: yeah for sure so around atlanta station that's you know a destination for you know even people that live here like a lot of people like to hang out there um there's lots of shopping movie theaters, uh, department stores, uh, grocery stores, etc. So there's a lot to offer. Uh, you can go downstairs right now um, and right next door. Um, you know, there's a, there's an ice skating rink right now. So, you know, not only do you get the experience inside the unit, but once you step outside, you get all this other culture uh, right here that's in walking distance. You won't even need a car
0: exactly exactly so it saved you cost not uber because i mean i love going to atlantic station i don't stay close to atlantic station but it's just so much to do it's movie bowling you know and just the atmosphere out there it's so much to do just there in the area so like you're winning you're winning with that unit <laughs> and so with that being said i want to kind of go back you said you grew up in poverty stricken you know environment like a majority of us, like myself, you know, in that environment being, you know, just really pretty much, you know, the lower class. So, what shifted you to become this entrepreneur that you are today outside of the corporate, you know, because corporate was the next step up, like for many of us, okay, getting a corporate job. So, what shifted you to become this entrepreneur?
1: Well, definitely. So, like, I think that um, an easy way to like transition class uh, in America is through the military, right? So um, there are a few people in my family that served in the military and um, I was always uh, an individual that learned things as I experienced them or I saw them. Um, You you know, reading from books uh, is is definitely a great way to learn, but like the, the whole practicality of like real life experience just seems to resonate a little bit better with me. So, like in my family, I saw uh, the way that I was growing up. I saw that the way that the people in the house that I was with that were growing up uh, and living, and then I saw the other people in my family that were in the military. Um, and I just I wanted better, and I wanted to leave, so I left. So I joined the military, um, following in the footsteps of some of my um, my family members, uh, mainly my aunt and uncle. Um, and so after I got into the military, uh, I was uh, actually I did the junior R O T C thing in high school too. So it was, it was like almost I was almost on the path uh to 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 do the military thing. And I did the military thing and um I had some really um some really good success in the military. Uh also I was leveling up pretty quickly and I went to war. <laughs> and uh yeah, I wasn't trying to do that again. When I came back uh, from that deployment, um I was like I, I can't do this. You know, I was married, I had a kid, uh I couldn't I couldn't imagine, you know, getting taken out over there and then not being able to to rear my child. So, um, so after I got out of the military, um, I, like I said, I went overseas and I was in government contracting and, uh, they brought me back to the, to the U S and I was in DC. So I was in DC for a couple of years, uh, just kind of, you know, figuring it out, uh, learning my way, uh, Pulling, uh, trying to work my way up the, the corporate ranks of america uh, but one of the things that i realized uh, i would say quickly but not quickly enough is that um you know my peers that didn't often look like me um i work in corporate america as a network engineer so uh, what i used to do is uh like write code for uh routers and switches so like inside the the router that's in your house uh, that you use for wi-fi like uh, I would, I would write code to make those behave in a certain way, and uh, you know, although it was, it was, it was, it was lucrative for for what I knew. It was lucrative for what I was exposed to as a child. But in the grand scheme of it, you know, six six figures in corporate America really isn't a whole lot of money. You know, I mean, it'll it'll definitely pay your bills. Um, a, a lot of people think that you know the 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 trap is you know, a big stupid dope house in the middle of the hood with, with boys on it and fiends coming in and out and people think they're a trap, you know. I think the trap is corporate America. I think the trap is student loan debt. I think the trap is university. Right. Because once you once you once you get into all of that, um, yeah, once you once you once you get in and stuck in the rut of of academics, right? somebody's got to pay for that. It's not free unless you get a scholarship, right? So if you do have to pay for it and you take out all the student loan debts, right, the trap is to trick you into doing that so you can then get a job working in corporate America and never really make enough to pay that money back or uh, to to be in in debt forever and paying interest on something that doesn't really matter anyway. And I'm going to say, I'm not going to say that college education doesn't matter uh, because it definitely does. It just, it just hit it, it just hits differently for me so like I'm out here um on my entrepreneurship journey at this time and i mean i I have a graduate degree like I have an undergraduate degree in computer science and I have a graduate degree in business, and I feel like I've learned more from the mentors that I've paid for myself than I did when I was going to undergrad and grad school um so i'm just I'm just trying to stay. And, and teach my family, like, how not to get caught up in the in the trap.
0: Wow, so, so true, because me and my daughter having this conversation now, and she was like, Mom, can I take a gap year? I said, said, I'm with the gap year, you know, because I don't want her to brush in the trap, you know? Like you said, many people who have degrees are not using those degrees, not working in that field, or they're on their own entrepreneurship journey. And I say this, college have its pros being you're able to network, And meet people while you're there, but for the most part, it seemed just like systematic trapping. Is that right?
1: I mean, yeah. I mean, they're charging like so much money for this education that a lot of—I'm not gonna say a lot of it, but a lot of it is. But you know, some of it's false. You know, like it. I mean, they're literally—and I'm not talking about like post-high school education at the moment, but like they're still teaching children in elementary schools all over America that Christopher Columbus discovered America.
0: Not only that, I was talking to someone the other day, and we was talking about dinosaurs. I was like, what's a dinosaur? Tyrannosaurus?" I said, you know what? What in the hell were we even learning about dinosaurs? We should have been learning about credit and how to survive and live in this world instead of them teaching us about some dinosaurs. I've never seen a dinosaur. Right,
1: right, right. Like, That's I mean...
0: Why would we reminded like about dinosaurs?
1: I mean, you're not gonna ever see a dinosaur. I mean, they're extinct. I mean, you know, I think it's important to to learn your history, um, so that you don't repeat the mistakes of the past. Um, but I got I, I, education is so subjective, right? It's like you you should learn what you want to learn. Um, and right now I'm trying to learn business, and like I said, the mentorship that I paid for outside of student loans is paying way more dividends than graduate school
0: yes 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 I I agree I agree like I've learned so much more in a book outside of school not, mm. not gonna say anything but just in a better place and the elevating and excelling I'm, I've been doing is because of my own research and resources outside of you know the education I got I didn't graduate though I finished in um 10th grade and got a GED and I did go get a two years associate in college so you know because I felt there was the norm that was the right thing that's the path that we take you know to so strive towards this America you know grand scheme of things per se and so with that being said um and you coming to where you are now just in your entrepreneurship journey you saying you said more dividends on your return on investment and we was discussing that how you invested can we say numbers here is numbers okay can we talk yeah, numbers? Sure. Okay. okay you said you invested three thousand but what what you're looking to gain on it that investment is like give it to them like just talk I about mean,
1: it so like no cap right like i paid uh three bands for for mentorship right which is actually inexpensive to a lot of the other people that are charging for mentorship out here right i made that three thousand dollars back the first month wow so like in my first
0: yourself people invest in yourself
1: yeah like it it was tenfold like i'm gonna make like I'm, i'm gonna make hundreds of thousands of dollars Off a $3,000 investment in myself, right? And meanwhile, at the end of all of my education in the traditional brick and mortar environment, right? My student loan debt was like somewhere around $180,000, right? But this $3,000 investment that I made in myself is going to yield incredible dividends.
0: (laughs) And let me say that when you invested that $3,000, it multiplies because not only are you going to be able to make that kind of money, but you have a son you have yeah. other people feeding into so that 3,000 multiplies to how many people you're able to help you know and then you're able to literally teach from your own experience to others you know like for me being a coach like whenever I invest in myself as a coach everything I invest in it multiplies like that 3,000 gonna multiply you know what I'm saying it ain't just about you that's the thing when you're investing in yourself people it's, it's more it's bigger than you. So that's
1: amazing. Right. So he's not the first mentor uh, that I've uh, that I, I, I purchased um, access to. Um, I have another uh, mentor for my cars because I'm, I'm also in the car rental space also, and I purchased mentorship from another um, another entrepreneur, uh, Pushman Mitch, and uh, he he taught me how to like rock the rental car game. So um, this is my. I'm, I'm still under 12 months and, and, and doing rental cars. Uh, so, so far I'm up to six cars uh, with my Toro fleet. Um, and I started in March of 2021. And uh, I also started Airbnb in 2021, but I started in December of 2021. So like, you know, it's January, it's like a month in, um, but just in in one year, um, I started two businesses. And so I, I'm just really excited about 22, 2022 and we're 22 going to take me um, based off of the things that I've learned in 2021. So based off of some of the things that I learned in 2021, uh, like you said, I, I can, you know, teach my family, right? And I have two sons, right? And my, I have a 19-year-old kid and I have a 12-year-old kid. And my 19-year-old kid has been soaking up the game that I've been giving them that I've learned. And so like, that's when y- you know stuff works, is when you teach it to somebody else and it works. So like my 19-year-old kid that doesn't have a traditional job that only works with me on a day-to-day basis, helping me out with my rental cars, right? Has a, he actually, he has two of his own cars, right? He has a 2000, um, a 2015 uh, Audi Q5, and he has a 2020 Kia Soul. And he he has both of those cars on Toro. And based off of some of the other game that I learned uh, from some of my mentorship, uh, they've taught me about credit and how to leverage credit. So I've been able to build my son's credit profile from when he was 16 years old. I had him as authorized users on my credit cards. And now my kid, my 19 year old kid has a $15,000 credit card. And that's just one of his credit cards. He has multiple credit cards, but his highest limit coming out the gate. First credit card ever is $15,000 just because somebody gave me the game and I'm just passing it on to my team.
0: Yes, that's what I'm talking about. Like,
1: I kind
0: of sound effect, but hey, right, right, right. <laughs> and yeah, so the turbo game, like, you know, you put me on, you've been putting me on the turbo game, and I actually, you know, t- teaching my daughter that for her own car, and she be wanna, uh, no, 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 we gonna, we gonna get this money, we are gonna make it an asset, not a liability. Yeah. And so, think about it. And you just, you know, teaching your son this and where he's at with it. Two cars at 19, $50,000 credit. Like, it's just it's just amazing when we're, you know, we're getting things that we didn't learn growing up and able to get it to our children. Like,
1: yeah, for sure, oh. for sure. So like something else, like we talked about like investments and we talked about, uh you know, numbers, like you specifically asked about numbers. So I put up the 3,000 um, and I invested in myself right, but I literally, like, in the grand scheme of it, it didn't cost me any money, like, everything that I've done, everything that we just discussed thus far, I've really kind of done it for free, right, I paid for the mentorship with a credit card, I got the Airbnb set up on a credit card, right, all the furniture that I I put in the Airbnb, I can pay the, 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 the rent with a credit card, like, everything, so, like, it's not even my money, so, like, all the cars I bought, no money down, right? So I literally got all the cars for free, but the Toro community, the Toro customer community is paying for my cars. So they're paying off assets for me and they're making me money and I'm not even spending my own money. Like the name of the game is using other people's money. Like I've been hearing that for, you know, for a very long time at this point, but it, it just hits different now because it's how I eat. You know, I don't have a job. I refuse to go back to work. Because something that wasn't happening to me in, in corporate America, you know, and, and, it, and it's not fair, and I'm sure that it's happened to, you know, many other people, but like I wasn't leveling up as quickly as as some of my counterparts were, right? Um, for whatever reason, um, I don't, I don't want to necessarily get into the reasons that I wasn't leveling up. I'll just say it wasn't me, right? I know what I have the ability to do. I know what happens when I walk into a room. I know what happens when I compete, right? And... That same kind of stuff wasn't happening in corporate America, like I said, for whatever reason. So I just decided to exit corporate America, write my own script, and completely be accountable for everything that happens, positive or negative, moving forward. Right. I'd rather just have it in my own hands and not have to go to work and report to somebody that I know that I'm smarter than, that I know that I'm older than, and I'm smarter than, and I'm more experienced than. And, you know, all of that's subjective too, but I know how I feel about myself. And I feel like, I mean, I feel like I'm not dude. So like when I have to go to work and I have to report to somebody, that's, that's not just because they're younger than me, that's a problem. But if I know I'm more seasoned, if I know I'm more educated, if I can prove all of these things, like, I mean, there's really no legitimate reason that somebody else should be reporting. I mean, I should be reporting to that person. I think it should be the other way around. But really, I feel like they did me a favor, right? They, they helped me understand that that wasn't the place for me you know i learned a lot of things in corporate america i learned a lot of things in the military but just like when i got out of the military you know it was time it was just based on what i had learned about life and what i had learned about the military it was time for me to exit and now i've gotten to that chapter in corporate america where it was just time for me to exit it's just not the place for me all right i'm making more money than i've ever made in my life and i'm literally doing the least amount of work than I've ever done in my entire life. I'm making more money and I'm doing way less work. I have way more time to spend with my family. I have way more time to spend with my two sons. Like, And that's so important to me because I didn't grow up with a father. Like, My dad was absent. Uh, so like, I made a promise to myself and a promise to my children that I would never do to them what my father did to me. So in order for me to be around and to be the kind of dad that I want to be, I can't be spending eight hours outside the house. I can't spend eight hours away from my children unnecessarily, you know, building somebody else's business. I need to be building my own business so my children can take, take over. Right. So they don't have to start from scratch when they grow up and get out here into the world. Like, you know, from a, uh, from a wealth perspective, like that's, that's, that's how it goes. Like, we have to do better so that our kids can do better. Like, why would you want to start over and start from scratch and get it out the mud if you don't have to? Like, I had to do that. So obviously, I'm not trying to let my children go through that unnecessarily. Like, yes, they're going to have to go through some tough things. Yes, they're going to have to prove to themselves that when it going gets tough, like, you got to step up, right? But I have to figure out another way because my children are not going to get it out of the mud.
0: Wow you're preaching talking spicy (laughs) i love it i love it like you hitting so many points like from those experiences that you went through in corporate and you know feeling like the underdog or they putting you in that category you know and putting someone over your experience and you know your longevity to, you know, really just, like, look at that situation to create your own story, to create the life you want, as I always say, like, hey, you great, you know, you know you're great, so you can create that life you want, you know, from that greatness, and not let someone else define you, you know, in their own mind about what, what you should be doing, and how quick, and, you know, just um, making you, I guess, could putting you in a feeling of inadequacy when you know that hey, I deserve better than this, and I can create better than this for myself. If you can't see this in me, this greatness that I have to offer,
1: for sure. And 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 I don't think it was that. I don't I don't feel like they felt that I was inadequate in America or incompetent or anything like that. Um, whatever their reasons were, were, were their reasons. But like, so how I look at it, right? I look at it like in the uh, if you, if you take like great basketball players, like, uh, you know, uh, who, who do you think uh, the best basketball player is that ever played? MJ. <laughs> All right, MJ, right? So that's, most, most people would say that, right? But MJ also, I mean, was obviously a great basketball talent in his own right. Do you agree? Right. Right, because you think he's the best player ever, right? But when you look at MJ and what MJ did on the floor, he made his teammates better. Right. So when I look at my squad, when I look at my kids. Right. I got to make them better. And I'm already turning my kid up. Right. So LeBron James is another example. When he goes to a basketball team, everybody's numbers go up because he sees the game differently. Right. And so he starts to distribute to other players to give them the back right? He can't score all the points. It's just, it just doesn't work like that. Like you can't do all the work. Like for me, my mentality is not to invest in any more businesses that actually require me to do the work. Like I want to only invest in passive income streams. Like the Toro. game, when I first, like, so my first journey, uh, my, my, I shouldn't say my first journey, my most recent journey, uh, into entrepreneurship is, uh, is, is Toro. Right. And I felt like that was, you know, pretty passive. Right. You got to do some things to make it passive. But I mean, the cars do all the work. It's really just a customer service game. When you're talking to your customers on Toro through the Toro Messenger app, just need to make them feel. uh, You just need to make them feel like you 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 care about them renting your car. You care about them, uh, you you know, when they're late from the airport, when they're uh, late dropping off your car. And yeah, I care. I care enough to charge you when you're late <laughs> and I <laughs> and I care enough to charge you when you smoke in my car. Right. But I'm going to be very nice to hey, you.
0: Extra I, <laughs>
1: right. I'm going to, I'm going to be very nice to you on the Toro messaging app when I tell you that you have to pay those fees because I'm running a business. What I learned out here dealing with these people, like these people don't give a damn about your car. They don't give a damn about your Airbnb. Like, uh, like some stuff and my Airbnb got broke already. Like a dude broke like the sofa already. Like it's, it's crazy. But the thing is, is like all of that stuff is insured and I'm not tripping because he's just going to pay for it. Like when they smoke in your car, they're going to pay for it when they're late. If they're 30 minutes late with the Toro, you can call Toro and you can charge them. You can charge them extra. And so every time I get an opportunity, every time I see an opportunity to explore a new line item in my business says, i explore those line items like for sure like when somebody smokes like i think it's like a 200 250 dollar fee like with toro you call them you let them know take the pictures um and then you just you you charge them it's just it's not even a big deal
0: exactly and then it's just up in your bottom line you know from their mistake
1: yeah i mean that's 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 what we're doing this for i'm not i'm not in business to be uh to be cool Right, right. I'm, I'm in business to make money. So, like, I get it. Like, you know, in a capitalist society, like, I, you know, all, all those, uh, those super, super Republicans that you know I used to hate back in the day and all the stuff they used to say. Like, I, I get it now. I get it now because any and everybody can do what we're doing. Like, don't get it twisted. Like, I do think I'm a pretty smart guy, but I know for a fact that I'm not the smartest guy on the planet. Right? All you got to do is just. You just got to get little small wins, like all the time. I'm not even looking for home runs anymore. If I stumble across a home run, great. But I like I like the small wins, right? Because you just kind of, it just, it builds a habit of winning.
0: Right. It's a marathon, you know?
1: Yeah, for sure. It's, it's definitely a marathon and not a sprint. Like sometimes with the Toro, you know, some of the months are crazy, like crazy good, and then some of the, some of the months, you know are, are not as crazy like there's definitely like I i wouldn't say extreme volatility but it's predictable volatility so when you have predictable volatility you just got to shift your focus elsewhere and just get the bag
0: right so true so true and i thank you for sharing all these gems so let me ask you this what would you say to someone who don't know where to start and want to start their entrepreneur journey what would you say to that person
1: i would say get in the room Right. Very similar to a place like where I met you, right? Get in a room with other people that are trying to be on the same mission, right? Which is entrepreneurship. So, if you don't have a clue, the best thing to do is to get around other people that are already doing stuff because they might be doing something that you can do too. And you're going to learn from those other people. That's what I would suggest.
0: Okay. And how can they reach out to you? You know, what do you have something that you can offer to them and, you know, ways that they can connect with you, Terrell?
1: Uh, with me individually yes yes yeah, so uh, uh i'm on instagram at, at tarryl1 t one t-a-r-r-y-l-1 and uh i'm on facebook at tara t-a-r-r-y-l-d-a-n-i-e-l-s those are my only two social media oh actually no i think i do have tiktok uh I, I don't really use it but yet um because i i also realize the importance of social media and how it plays into like business promotion like it just kind of goes hand in hand. And I'm, I'm getting to that that space right now. So you just kind of got to do it in phases. Right. So I got the unit. I got everything set up. It's operational. It's running now. Um, and actually, in my first month, I was at 82 percent occupancy in my first month on my Airbnb, wow. which, which is pretty good. Uh, I'm, I'm on track to do comparable numbers this month. So um, I, I, I raised the price uh, a little bit and I'm still on track like they're still eating it up.
0: Wow, congrats on it again. Like, that's amazing. Thank I mean, you. And me, right here, too, <laughs> in Atlantic Station, a close by.
1: Right, that, right,
0: right. That being said, y'all, you know, you got to just tune in, like, comment, share, subscribe to the Pink League podcast, and support your girl. And just as he sat here and shared his greatness, you too are great. And you know that life you want, you create. I mean, the brother I mean, he dropped those gems on how he just transitioned and transformed to create this lifestyle that he's now, you know, being able to enjoy and share with his family and his children to continue to grow and create. So have a blessed day. Blessings on blessings to see you. And thank you once again for tuning in to The Pink Link.